What is going on, everyone? I'm Devin Uglin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ronnie Flores, and you are watching the Ball is Life original series, On the Rise. Today, we're taking a closer look at Calhoun school guard, J.D. Davison, a five-star recruit headed to Alabama. Ronnie, why don't you give us a scoop on J.D. Davison's prep career? Yeah, Devin. You know, J.D. Davison, and we talk about his high school accolades. Uh, you know, he's a, a great high school player in terms of his production for his high school team. You know, people talk a lot about a prospect, but he actually got it done and, and is getting it done for his high school team. He was an underclass All-American last year, and he led his te team to a class 2A state title um, in a 64-61 game. And when we talk about Alabama's class 2A, you know, that's solid. It's it's not, wow, but high school basketball. It's, it's good high school basketball, competitive, and I think Alabama's is one of those states that probably gets a little bit uh, uh, underlooked or, or knocked nationally, but there's good players and, and good talent. And he, um, fittingly, obviously, him being a, a great player and, and, and him being uh, at a smaller class school, he hit the game-winning step-back three-pointer um, with 1.1 second remaining in that state title game, again, 64-61 over Barber County. Funny, uh, we talk a lot about shot clocks and about production, and we talk a lot about... Um, you know, if, if, you know, like a reproduction and that kind of thing in terms of um, how a player evolves. And there's no shot clock in, in Alabama, Devin. Um, so they just held the ball for the last uh, minute, and then he hit that big shot. So 32 points, 10 rebounds, and he hit two or four three-pointers. His team finished uh, 21 and 12, more like a regional team. They're not really a nationally ranked team. Not, not, you know, good team in Alabama, just to give some people some kind of perspective on how good they were how good the teams he was playing it and this was after they made the states state semis when he was a sophomore so you know he got all the accolades based on that you know uh he became only the fifth junior in 38 years to win the uh, alabama state writers association uh, mr basketball award 30.3 points a game 12 rebounds again uh, when you watch him play he does play have to play a lot of inside on the on the defensive end because he's one of the bigger players being in the Alabama class 2A. And that, that helps him, I think. Again, it's going to be one of those things where we talk about later about, you know, his adjustments, his transitions, his strength and weaknesses. But he definitely got all the accolades in high school and is getting those as a senior. Again, back to his junior year, 40 times over uh, 40 points, seven times with the high of 54. He won the Gatorade State Player of the Year. He's already been All-State two times. And obviously he's a senior this year in the class of 221. <laughs> and funny, Devin, um, he opened up his senior year with a 57-point game, believe it or not, as they got their, like, state rings from the previous year. So he put on a show. And then 34.8 um, points per game so far. Again, numbers are similar. 10.5 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 2.3 blocks per game. Again, as we said, uh, he plays a little bit inside. He can rebound. Obviously, he's going to be a guard, and he projects as a guard at the next levels. But, I mean, yeah, those are his accolades, and, and we'll, we'll get into his strength and weaknesses based on those accolades. Okay, Ronnie, let's jump into the strengths of J.D. Davison. And I think the first thing that jumps out to me and jumps out to anybody who watches him live or in his highlights is just his explosiveness. He is a Russell sure. Westbrook, John Morant, Zion Williamson type of athlete, right? 44 and a half inch vertical that we've seen uh, reported on various sites, whether it's Twitter or any, any kind of uh, recruiting update that we've seen on him. And he has that burst and that leaping ability. That's just kind of, you know, a gift. Most people, most yeah. players, I mean, there's very few guys who have that kind of athleticism and he uses that to his advantage in transition, Ronnie. He's a dynamic open court athlete, open court scorer. He gets downhill real easily and 
transition in the half court setting. Um, and he looks to posterize just about any defender, you know, around the basket. And right now that's probably his biggest strength is um, scoring in transition, um, getting downhill to the basket and finishing around the basket. Um, and I think you're going to mention this as well, but he's improved as a playmaker for teammates. He's starting to see the floor a little bit better. He's starting to, uh, you know, make that extra pass or make the play for the easy pass or the easy play for a teammate. Um, you know, his, his pull-up jumper is quick, it's balanced, and he likes to get it off with a handful of rhythm dribbles. And he's pretty consistent from the three-point line at the high school level. So I'm interested to see how that's going to translate. Um, and then I think defensively, he is just an extraordinary shot blocker for a size and position. If you watch his game, yeah. you'll, see a, you'll see a ton of chase down blocks, um, weak side help blocks. And, you know, that really, you know, brings energy to the game and, you know, helps his team get transition, transition ability and get out and transition and score, you know, in, on the fast. Easily. And yeah. that's where he, that's where he's, that's where he excels, as you, as you said, and he creates a lot of that. Right. And again, it goes back to our point that he plays inside. And again, sometimes that could be an advantage when you, when you're a big guard and, and you're playing in a class two, a, you know, obviously in Alabama class one, a is the, the smallest class classification. So, you know, he's blocking shots above the rim, starting the fast break. It, it goes back to what you're saying that helps him again, obviously that's not all going to translate at university of Alabama and into the NBA, but it's still going to be able to, it's still a great strength to have. Yeah, my last point before I throw it to you, Ronnie, I think one of his biggest strengths that's not necessarily of the skill variety is just the energy and the, the yeah. joy and the passion he plays with. He kind of reminds me of Colin Sexton in that way, just kind of a, a super intense guy who's a gamer, wants to get out there, plays with energy, toughness, physicality. But to me, Ronnie just seems to be out there, you know, loving to play basketball. I'm going to throw it to you, Ronnie. What are your strengths for, for Davison? Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Just his ability to you know lift teammates up and, and play at a high level I think that that's a great point Devin as far as my strength again the explosiveness is there you mentioned it the dynamic playmaker probably the country's most explosive guard maybe you know arguably and he has a strong frame you know he's a big kid when you watch him play in a high school setting he, he's you know he's a he's a big kid he can see he has good vision he he makes he makes most of simple playing the spectacular I think his team uh, like many teams now, they they kind of hunt three-pointers a lot. You know, they shoot on the perimeter. And, you know, I think he could clean that up. But that's, you know, that that's that's very minimal. Um, I think he utilizes, you know, his left-to-right crossover very well. Explosive first step. Like you mentioned, he finishes way above the rim. And, um, you know, he can beat guys going left, and, he's, and he finishes left, you know. Um, again, back to, you know, his his leaping ability, you know, he, he, he jumps center often and he grips off the ground quickly for, for blocks, put backs. He gets a lot of easy points that he doesn't take, uh, you know, a lot of dribbles or a lot of um, play calling or that he just at the high school level. And it probably could do it at the college level. I'm not sure he could do it at the NBA level. He's just going to get a lot of baskets for being able to outleap guys and, and being in the right place and just putting the ball back in, um, you know. Again, his, his, his defense, I, I haven't really seen a better shot blocker, as you mentioned, from the guard position. And, uh, you know, he's he's uh, terrific in that regard. I mean, he can make – you know he's the passing ability is there. Again, what I like to see him slow it down a little bit sometimes, make the post-entry pass, make the simple pass, of course. He has that ability. He gets in the lane. He finds guys that are open. And, and it's very hard to knock, you know, his game individually – Again, and when you watch him from the in the team aspect, I could see things where the team can 
can improve at. But again, when he gets into the college setting, playing against better players, I think that's just going to make him even better. Okay, Ryan, now we're going to jump into the areas of improvement for J.D. Davison. And I think you kind of were on to something at the end of your strengths part there with the fact that his team plays a little bit wild. And sometimes they can get carried away with shooting a bunch of threes or taking, you know, shots, you know, obviously – um, there's no shot clock in Alabama, but and they they don't care. They don't, care. <laughs> they don't have about that problem. Yeah. When he, gets, when he gets to the next level, you know, I think that the biggest you know area of improvement that I see is just you know learning the ins and outs of shot selection, um, slowing down the game when needed, working on pace. Yes. Uh, understanding you know time and score, um, and kind of just reining in the the free flowing style that he plays at the high school level and the biggest adjustment i think is going to be that shot clock ronnie um i'm a big advocate for a shot clock you know across the board we have one here in southern california and the games we cover um i think it's it it really helps prepare guys for you know game type situations at the next level and then onto the nba i think college should have a 24 second shot clock i think the college game should mirror the nba nba game as much as possible but i think you know, adjusting to that shot clock at the college level is going to be something that, you know, Davison um, needs to just, you know, prepare for, get used to. And I think defensively running, he takes a lot of chances, whether it's in passing lanes or, you know, trying to make the, the, the home run play and, uh, you know, get out and transition and get like a, a highlight dunk. Obviously all high school kids look for that, but yeah. just being a little bit more, um, you know, careful and uh, fundamental when it comes to defense, staying in his stance, walking uh, yep. up like that. When he gets to Alabama, Nate Oates, they're a great defensive team. I'm sure that he's going to be coached up really well, and I'm excited to see the, the strides that he makes when he gets to that next level. Let's jump into your weaknesses, Ronnie. Yeah, um, Devin, those are great points. When I was watching his game film, I noticed he's flat-footed sometimes on defense. Now, again, he has the leaping ability, plays inside, uh, we talked a little bit about last year's going into the draft with Anthony Edwards, just being engaged on every defensive play, being ready in position. Sometimes he's not. And that's just, you know, again, he's a young player that that happens. You know, he's uh, sometimes he's a little lax on his closeouts on other teams, three point shooting or perimeter shooting. And, you know, he he'll let a guy slide by him and try to block it from behind or get the rebound. He already knows, you know, he knows the level of, competition he's playing he knows like okay maybe that's a difficult shot I'm gonna get the rebound and get and and take it out so just those little things I think that'll all be cleaned up by by Alabama's um coaching staff obviously he'll have to guard even better perimeter players and he's not going to be guarding as many inside players so he's gonna have to be engaged that for sure you mentioned it you know obviously he's like that on offense and I think that's what separates him and and like you said a Colin Sexton is He's like that on defense. So that's what he's going to have to develop and continue to work on. Um, you know, I do think he's improved his feel. Like you said, his shot selection, his, his explosiveness in the right direction, meaning going in the right direction, like, you know, trending upward, um, not obviously going in the right direction on the court. But that's something he has to work on, too, is this literal direction. Sometimes he spins into defenders. He spins into the into the traffic. And that goes to back to your saying of being under control, learning the pace of the game. So I'm with you there. I think those are very noticeable on film. Um, I think there's one thing we got to talk about, Devin, and then we, we can go a million places from here. And, um, you know, obviously we, we, we 
we already talked about enough about his defensive, you know, not gambling, keeping his feet, looking for the spectacular play. But when we talked about his stats in the opening and his breakdown, you know, we got to mention the three-point shooting. Um, I guess his coach kind of joked, like, because he hit that game-winning shot in the, in the state title game. And he made two for four in that game. He's like, that's not really JD's game. He mentioned it either in the presser or to the to the media that was on hand. Cause he like I said, he he let the game, you know, minute scroll down and then he hit that big shot. But you know, as a junior, you know, he shot 30% from the three. And this year he's shooting 34% from the three. Now he's shooting a good percentage in both seasons from the field overall, 58%, maybe 60 as a junior. But, you know, I don't know, Devin, what do you think? 34% this year, 30% last year, you know, high school level defense. He's getting a lot of open shots. That's not really his strength right now because he's, he's going to be more de- – defenders are going to be more accountable at the next level. Yeah, Ronnie, I think another thing that I have listed here on my notes that I didn't mention in, in the first place is kind of playing off the ball a little bit, right? Being yeah. able to spread the floor, hit the catch-and-shoot jumper – um, be more efficient with this, with his scoring. And that starts at the three point line. And I think that the three point line is something we can mention for basically every prospect that we're talking yeah. about. Sure. Show, because, you know, th- I think the, the shooting or the, the catch and shoot aspect of the game is not taught at the level it needs to be at this point. Sure. Um, a lot of it's ball handling, a lot of it's, you know, transition highlight real dunks and, you know, breaking yeah. down in isolation. That's great but you have to learn how to play without the ball because at the NBA level, man, there's only one or two guys, you know, three guys who play, who dominate the ball like that, you know, James Harden. And even he has to give it up now that he's on the nets, uh, Kyrie Irving, same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, LeBron James. These are like the top yeah. echelon guys. Um, De'Aaron Fox, he plays with the ball a lot because that's, you know, what his team needs. So yeah. I think it's going to be important for Davison. I-, I like that he went from a 30% shooter to a 34% shooter, Ronnie, that shows progress. Um, They're going to have to go up though. You're going to have to go up. Again, I'm at that, like I mentioned uh, in one of our last ones, Ronnie, I'm at that 38% three-point shooter. I I want to see guys at 38% and get into the the low 40s. That's where you need to be. But again, you're going to have that college line step back a little bit. You're going to have, you know, longer and quicker athletes. You're going to have better game. You're going to have better defenders. um, And you're just going to have a a more naturally competitive atmosphere in the SEC where he's going to be next season. Uh, Devin, so- let me ask you a question real quick. Is, is that three-point shooting, do you see that it's just a matter like form and him getting better, or is it just a matter of shot selection and choosing his spots for JD? What do you think? From what I've seen on yeah. film, Ronnie, yeah. and the one thing that I can do is shoot a basketball. Yeah. Uh, what I've seen on film, he, he has a balanced jumper. It, it's, yeah. it's a couple rhythm dribbles. It's balanced. He has a good release point. His form is really good. I think it's shot selection. It's just shot selection. Yeah, I think I think he needs to make the game easier for himself, uh, yeah. especially when it comes to three point shooting, because, yeah. you know, a lot of times it's out of an isolation type situation and he's breaking some guy down and, you know, his quickness and his step back and his his uh, lift on his jumper makes him difficult to guard out there. But again, yeah, you get to that next level. Guys become quicker, they become stronger and they become you know better defenders overall and just better athletes. So he's going to have yeah. to just kind of make the game you know, easier for himself, make the game come to himself a little bit easier and, you know, shot selection, don't force things. And, you know, I think his, his freshman year in college, I think that the percentage will probably be around that 34% spot, Ronnie, that we have right now in, at his high school level. Sure. But uh, what are your thoughts on the overall shooting aspect of his development? Yeah, I think he can shoot pretty well from what I see. You know, he, he's square. Like you said, he gets good lift. 
Um, I do think he could get easier shots just by moving without the basketball better. I notice he tends to relax when he doesn't have the ball. He likes to stand really far out because, again, when he gets the ball, he creates and he could beat guys left to right. So he doesn't like to cut in the middle, per se, like or cut, you know, big come off like uh, curls or stuff. He doesn't do that much right now. It's mostly he's out on the perimeter far from the basket, and then he's breaking guys down, as you mentioned, because that's his strength. So I think it's just a matter of spacing and being in the right places on the on the court and being engaged at all time without the ball. So th- those would be our, my main improvements would be, you know, continue to work on the um, shot selection and moving without the basketball. And I think that will naturally improve the percentages and his efficiency. All right, Devin, now we're going to jump in here on, on the rise to the future forecast for, for J.D. Davidson. And I'll, I'll start started off with some of my comparables, what I think, you know, what's how he's going to translate to the next level. So first of all, I wanted to mention, you know, Alabama's class because they got some good players, but they got some good guys coming in. Um, Jashawn Holt, you know, he's about a six, six shooting guard, three man. You know, he's a, he's a very good player from Georgia. He's a probably top 100 player. And he might be a guy that really develops their under Nate Oates. And then they have Langston Wilson, a six, nine Juco forward who might be one of the best Juco players in we've seen in a while coming into college. I don't know if he's as good as Jay Scrub was in junior college, but they expect him to really do well. So they have a really good class coming in. So I, I don't think it's a thing where JD has to come in, come in and, and from the first practice, just, you know, be the best player on the team or, or, or they got good players coming back and they're building well. And obviously it's going to be in the SEC It's going to be war every night. So, you know, when I, when I look at him and what he, he can do, speaking of JD, I see a lot of different players, you know, um, RJ Hampton comes to mind because JD's just wired to score. So I'm gonna, it's going to be very interesting to see how he plays on the ball, off the ball. If he gets better in what we say when we, when we mentioned that he doesn't have the ball, you know, how much, you know, efficiency is he going to have? Is he still going to be on the floor when he doesn't have the ball at all times? You know, that, that's very interesting. Um, when you look at another team, the SEC, I like to compare to uh, Javante Smart. Javante Smart from LSU, he's best when he has the ball in his hand. I'm not sure LSU's always at their best when he's dominating the ball, but that's when he's best. So JD is at best when he has the ball in his hands at the high school level. So that's going to be something to see is if he can, will it, Alabama be the best when he has the ball in his hand? Will it be, you know, Jaden Shackford, other guys on the team? You know, how is he going to mesh with those guys? So, because again, he's the man on his high school team and we didn't really get to see him this past summer, like in a huge, you know, environment with a, you know, like a, a travel ball environment where he's playing against other top 10 players in the country. Right. So we're projecting a little bit, you know, how that's going to work for him. So I see those two guys a little bit in him. Um, I see Rashid Suleiman. The, I believe Rashid played at Duke. Did he stick, stick around in the NBA, uh, Devin? Uh, Rashid, uh, he kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Um, you know, he started at Duke and I think he transferred. I, I think he's similar game. I got to see Rashid a lot in high school. Obviously, JD's a little more explosive, explosive, and I think a better prospect. Actually, you know, Rashid was um, in his class. He was, and this is going to the Ball's Life uh, database of uh, 247, 17, ESPN 12, rivals 18. I think he's, he's better than that, you know. Um, I would more compare him. The guy I think he can be at that level or how good he is, is um, I remember obviously from, from college and from the Detroit Pistons is Brandon Knight at Kentucky. You know, he's ranked, he was ranked four by ESPN. He was ranked six by rivals in 2010. 
he was a national player of the year type of player, Brandon, coming out of high school, very articulate, very good player. I think that's a, a good level for him. If he can be as productive as Brandon Knight, you know, can play on the ball a little bit, can really shoot, uh, you know, similar, similar frames. Maybe I think JD's even more explosive, but Brandon was a really good shooter and a really good player. I think at the high level, you mentioned it at the, at the top of our uh, on the rise, uh, Jai Morant. Again, I'm not going to compare him to Jai Morant because I think Jai Morant's quickly developing and one of the better guards in the NBA. But those are my kind of guys. I, I think it's a lot of range there. I don't think I project him as a, like a surefire. You know, he's got to work. We'll see what he does at Alabama. The rest, maybe even in if, you know, God forbid we have like a McDonald's game and some of those type of, of uh, scrimmages and games, we can see a little bit more. But, you know, that's kind of my range for my, I like him in the Brandon Knight range, a solid pro, maybe a starter. And maybe it might be an all-star, but I think, I think that would be uh, training toward the high, high end. Okay. Yeah. I, I think when you, when you look on Twitter or look on, you know, you know, some things you see people comment on who yeah. he reminds them of. And a lot of people are saying John Morant, Russell Westbrook, yeah. and you know me, Ronnie. Yeah. I don't like to be a guy who compares guys to potential hall of fame players or potential yeah. players right away. I see where they're coming from based on body type style of play and athleticism. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to throw it back here, Ronnie. I like your, your comparison to Brandon Knight. Uh, yeah. I think they're pretty similar. I'm going to throw it back because you know, that's what I like to do. Yeah. I'm going to go Robert Pack. Wow. Tyler JC. Right. And great player USC and then into the NBA for, you know, a good, really good player. Google Robert pack. Go. If you don't know who I'm talking about, Google Robert pack, go back, watch his game. And from a body, body type, you know, six, two, six, three, real strong, uh, well-built, uh, you know, kind of uh, transition finisher dunker. He won the 1994 dunk contest. And oh, he's explosive. He was a, just absolutely an explosive athlete. And I think, you know, what kind of draws a little bit more similarity to me, especially currently is the way that they operate on the perimeter. They want to break guys down in isolation and hit the, you know, pull up jump shot. Um, and they get great lift on that jump shot. And then the second guy I like Ronnie in a comparison here, this is a high level comparison because this guy's one of my favorite guards of all time. Kevin Johnson yeah. of the Phoenix wow. Sun. Yeah. High school, 1983 graduate. Um, NorCal guy, uh, I, you know, he was, uh, uh, an elite, elite point guard in the nineties. Yes. I mean, he really gets overlooked at times. Um, but I think just the ability to get in the paint, put pressure on the defense, put pressure on the rim, uh, finish around the basket. That kind of reminds me of what Davison has the potential to be. Again, this is all potential and that's a high level type of thing. Um, Energy mindset wise, I look at, I look at Colin Sexton. Uh, I think they both have similar approaches to the game. Um, and, you know, if I'm going to go kind of a more, you know, careful, a more current and careful pick in comparison here, I'm going to go Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, just the ease of which they break guys down, the second level acceleration, the quickness they get off the floor and, you know, what they do defensively as shot blockers and rebounders here reminds me, at the same stage of what Dennis Smith Jr. was as a senior in high school. Wow. Yeah. And very interesting because Dennis didn't get his senior year. I know you were at, at Adidas Nations when he got hurt. So, you know, how did that project? How did that hurt his career? I, I you know, I don't think, you know, Dennis is 
one of those players where people are like, wow, well, expect more because I think they're relying on the on the spectacular all the time. And I think that's where JD comes in when you mentioned Kevin Johnson. If he learns how to play with that pace, knowing when to attack, knowing when to give it up, Kevin was under control a lot. Yeah, we saw the highlight dunks, but he turned into an you know, basically an all-pro guard because he knew when to pass the Thunder Dan, he knew when to defer to, to Barkley, he knew when to try to take over. And, and, and it worked good. You know, he, he can explode in tight quarters. I'm not sure JD can explode in a half court yet. Like, like, um, KJ could, but that, that's a great comparison because again, we go back to the 34 points a game. Kevin Johnson led the state in California scoring coming his senior year of high school. And then he, he went out to Cal and had a, you know, all pack 10 type career. And obviously with, with Robert, you can see the explosiveness i think that's where, where you get the the flair what jd brings to the to the to the game especially at the alabama high school level he's it's like a highlight waiting to happen every time and that's how robert was yeah uh, he was a little overlooked even in college because of harold minor obviously harold minor's like one of the most explosive best players best dunkers around and, and but robert was very good and it reminds me of when the denver nuggets knocked off that really good seattle team they, most people thought they were going to go to the finals it was a one verse eight Yep. And Robert had a huge impact in that in, in that series. I think, it, if I recall, it was his second or third year in the league, probably second year. And I just – obviously, that famous play of Dikembe Mutombo holding the ball under the rim. I, everybody's seen it when the series is over. That Seattle team was supposed to go to the finals. So, yeah, you know, those are, those are great comparisons. I, I'm with you about comparison guys too much like in a high-level Rus, Russell or, or, or John Moran. I, you know, let him build – you know, I, I can see it because Robert was a very good player. KJ's a KJ's still better than John Morant right now, but I think John Morant could get to that level. And, and he seems like he's trending that way. You know, what, what do you see just in terms of like where he's going to be at in the SEC, like about Alabama's roster, Devin, um, like, you know, how he fits in, um, you know, is he going to just be gone? Hey, he, regardless, he's going to be one of those guys that no matter what he does next year, he's going to be gone after one year. Or do you think it's just going to be how it plays out, you know, depending on who stays, who leaves, what kind of season he has? Yeah, it's going to all depend on what happens with Alabama's roster, right? Because yeah, now you have Jaden Shackelford, who's a starter. He's he's only a yeah. sophomore. He's going to come back probably. Um, he's going to be a sophomore. <laughs> he he um, went to Hesperia here in Southern California. Uh, we saw a lot of his game, and we're not surprised. Yeah. We're not surprised at him being, you know, a high-level guy. Uh, Joshua Primo, a freshman who reclassed up, he's a Canada native and he's only 17 years old, Ronnie. So who knows if he's going to go to the draft or if he's going to come back. Uh, Javon Quinterly, yeah. who, you know, has been around, uh, you know, Jelly Fam and all that. He was a high school. Yeah. Well-known name. Well-known name. He'll be back. Um, and then you have, you know, John Petty Jr. is a senior. He's going. So, you know, when I look at the roster and I look at the guards that are there and the guards coming back, he has a chance to play right away. Um, I don't see any, I don't see any, any reason why a backcourt of Quinterly and, um, and Davison can't work. Uh, yeah. because I think, you know, defensively, uh, Shackelford's very good as is Quinterly. They're both solid. And Davison is that could be that, that, um, guy who comes in and just kind of injects energy, uh, like a wild card kind of guy who really just plays his way into the, the lottery conversation. If he plays well, um, but obviously, Ronnie, I'm very tempered with how I look at these things. And, you know, it could go one way. It could go the other way. You just never know when a guy gets to college yeah. how it's going to go. Um, right now, 
you know, I think he's probably in that lottery conversation just because of how dynamic he is of an athlete and, you know, all the different things that he has the potential to do on the court. But he, like we said earlier, he's got to be that, you know, 40% three-point shooter and, you know, prove that he can play a little bit off the ball, move without the ball and impact the game. Yeah impact the game when he's not on the ball. That's important. Um, I wanted to, before we close this out, I want to throw this back to you real quick, Ronnie. A lot of people are Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, you know, similar, same stage. He's <laughs> better than same stage. He's, he's actually, way better. Well, he's better than Russell Westbrook at the same stage. So okay, let's, you know, you, yeah. I didn't yeah. see much of Westbrook in high school. I think I was still yeah. in high school. I saw Westbrook in college and yeah. um, I can see where the comparisons are, but give me the side-by-side Davidson versus Westbrook in high school. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Davidson is a well more, uh, you know, a player that people are looking at as a top, top, you know, uh, like player in the class and a McDonald's All-American and he's going to project to be a lottery type pick. Uh, Russell Westbrook, you can see that was going to come later. You can see because I think as a junior, he might have been six foot or so as a, as a, even as an underclassman, maybe even like 5'11", 5'10". So you didn't really project that, what you're projecting for JD, because JD's already uh, 6'4", 175, 180, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a well-built dude, yep. Yeah, but that was changing quickly and that was coming on quickly. So it was like, whoa, you know, where is this going? And I, I want, it's funny that you pulled that up. I want to pull up his, his All-State, um, you know, what I wrote for him on the All-State team. He was one of the last picks, Devin of that 2006 All-State team. Um, he was actually one of, you know, we're saying, does he deserve, you know, is he, the Daily Breeze give him enough, uh, you know, accolades and you know how we go through, through through that in terms of just picking an All-State team. And this is just for his production. This is, I wanted this to just, I'm going to read it verbatim what we wrote. And then you can Russell. kind of, this is for Russell Westbrook in 2006. And this is the third team. These are the, some of the guys on 13. Brandon Davis from Colony. Who was a San Bernardino Sun player? Drew Gordon, Aaron Gordon's brother, Calvin Haynes from Taft, Javon Johnson, Brooke Lopez, Drew Viney from Villa Park. I remember Drew Viney. Yeah, Drew Viney from he was a junior that year. Tim Shelton from Clovis to West, obviously the Shelton clan. And here's Russell Westbrook. And here's what we said. We listed him at 6'3. So it's probably 6'2, 6'3. When we saw Westbrook last season, he was a he was a shade over six feet and fairly thin, but the late bloomer filled out this season and led the Olympians to a 25 and four record. One of the state's leading scorers, 25.1 points per game. Westbrook's growth spurt also helped his game on the boards and he averaged 8.7 rebounds without losing any of his perimeter skills. So it's kind of interesting that we mentioned uh, Davidson playing a little inside. I think Russell had to average again, almost nine rebounds a game. Davidson's about 10, you know, but the explosive was really coming on. And I think, you know, Frank, Frank Burleson and other guys who are really keen into how good he was. You can see that like him going to UCLA wasn't that much of a reach, even though people were kind of like, well, who is this guy? This, this is a team that was expected to be very good. Like Alabama probably be ex expected to be very good next year. If these all guys come back when it, and it, it worked out. Like, I mean, he exploded onto the scene and I think, um, you know, that Russell really, uh, you know, Reggie Morris and the guys, like I said, Frank, who really projected him, did a good job. And you can see that. You can see why they did that. He was very explosive his senior and very good. I mean, again, he played at the Pangos camp. Was he that good? He was okay. It was, it was solid, you know. 
But if JD was would have went to Pangos County, everybody the expectations would have been through the roof. So I think that's the difference is you know, the expectations already were like you mentioned a little while ago that the Jay Z is already kind of projecting he'll be in the first round, maybe even the lotto, maybe even higher. So I think that's where Russell Westbrook had the advantage is he didn't have that pressure, so he was just able to 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 show people what he did, and he was surrounded by a very good team. And and in those two years, they both went to the Final Four. Obviously, that would be an ideal situation for JD to lead Alabama really deep in the tournament. Yeah, Ronnie, I think Russell Westbrook's um, journey to the NBA is is one that's not often taken. And yeah. and just closes the the comparison part out of this uh, future forecast, Ronnie. I think the, the comparisons I see to, from Westbrook to Davidson is is body type, uh, athleticism, and honestly, just the way that they approach the game and, and the intensity and toughness that they play with. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for our J.D. Davison episode of On the Rise. If you want more J.D. content, head to the Balls Life YouTube page where we have a day in the life where Kiki went down to Alabama to hang out with J.D. And we have tons of highlight content of our guy J.D. Davison because he's a highlight reel waiting to happen. And if you guys want more information on any of the other players we talked about today, whether it's Robert Pack, or Kevin Johnson, head to ballslife.com, click on the profiles tab and type in any name you want to look for. Um, and if they're not there, let us know. But most of the guys back to the fifties are going to be in there for you guys to check out. Also head to, you know, Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple podcasts, check out the Ballers Life podcast network. We have tons of great content on there, but until the next episode of the on the rise show presented by Ballers Life, Devin and Ronnie are signing off. What's up Ballers Life fam. Thanks for watching this video. If you want to support the movement, make sure you check out the product listing below this video and cop some of this merch.